Amen. As, as Christians, we live in this world. We are born in this world. If Jesus doesn't come back, uh, we will die in this world. And all of our hours in between are going to be spent in this world. We, we grow up in this world. We've grown up in this world. We, we work in this world. We build careers in this world. We think about what we're going to do and make plans. We, we marry in this world. We raise kids and, and families. All of these things are done in this world. The truth is, and, and really uh, all we know is this world. It's all that we've ever experienced. And we really can't, as, as Christians, separate our existence from the realities of this world. And sometimes we like to have these lofty ideas and, and think differently. But you know what? We can't separate our existence as men, as people, from the realities of the things going on in this world. And so, so the question today is this. As believers, what is our relationship to this world? As, as those who've said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ, as those who've put their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, what is our relationship to this world? Or maybe a better way is to say, how are we to see this world? Uh, here, here's the biblical truth today. This world, due to sin, and I'm talking about the systems of this world, this world, due to sin, is opposed to God. That's, that's an important thing for us to understand. This world, due to sin, exists in opposition to God. Now, that, that sounds like a pretty heavy statement, but the, but the truth is that. This world is in opposition to God. Look around today. Watch the news today. Watch, watch the crazy things going on. This world exists in conflict. Everywhere you turn in, in the house in somebody's home, there's conflict. In our nation, there's conflict. In our, our government, there's conflict. There's chaos everywhere we look. Uh, this world is filled with hatred and pride. I'm better than you, and my people are better than your people, and we're, we, ha we have more intellect than you or whatever. Uh, division, us against them, jealousy, all, all of these things, those are the marks of our world. This world is growing in evilness. Uh, look, look around at the vileness, the, the things that are, that are just absolutely wicked. Uh, just in the news the past week, just, just wicked things. This world is, is growing in its wickedness. This world, for some reason, embraces the lie and rejects and hates the truth. And, and those are the, the realities of our world. And you can say, well, you know what, I think things are getting better. Look around. This world exists in opposition to God. Now, why is that important for us to understand? It is because of this, and I think we just have to settle it. It is because for some crazy reason, we have this bent for the things of this world. I don't, I don't get that. We have, we have some desire for the things of this world. And for some reason, as, as people, especially as men, we are tempted to somehow get comfortable in this world. You know what, I'll make my way here and I'll find a status here and I'll, I'll build me a reputation here and I'll, I'll seek the success of this world and, and that's what's going to matter. Uh, I'll, I'll find my value in the things of this world. And for some reason, we're driven to get comfortable in this world. Well, here's the, here's the biblical truth. That can't coexist with following Jesus Christ. 
well, hold on a minute. I can't have the things of the world and the success of the world and, 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 and embrace the priorities of the world and exist as a Christian. Listen, the things of the world are opposed to the things of God. You cannot coexist with a foot in the world and a foot trying to follow Jesus Christ. I remember at the start of this book, we started this letter a, a month or two ago. Uh, John says at this, at the very start, do not love the world nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. John tells us right off the bat, you know what? Do not love this world. Don't try to find comfort in this world. The one that, that loves the world, that serves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. John says, the things of this world are passing away. Jesus said, the things of this world, they rust the things of this world, thieves break in and steal them. The things of this world, they're not going to last. Jesus says, our treasure's not in this world. There's a story, and, it, and you kind of have to piece it together through the, the pages of Scripture. But there's a, there's a story, a very sad story, uh, that's told by the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul has a friend and a co-worker named Demas. And you can, you can read the account. It's in the book of Colossians. It's also a, a reference in the book of Philemon. Uh, Paul has this co-worker whose name is Demas. Now, the, the Bible tells us in those two places that, that Demas is with Paul. Now, what that means is they travel together. I don't know if you've ever traveled with anybody very long, but, but if you travel with somebody very long, you intimately know that person. Well, they travel together. They eat together. They work together. When they sit down, they, they laugh and they relax together. He, he was a companion of Paul. He hears Paul preaching. They're out spreading the good news of, of the hope of Jesus Christ. He is a, a friend, a companion of Paul. And then there's this one crazy verse, 2 Timothy 4.10. Paul's talking to Timothy. Paul, Paul's telling Timothy about a resolve that you're going to have to have, that you're going to have to stand on the truth, and you're not going to you're gonna have to defend this truth. And, and Paul's telling him some of the, the hard things that have happened in his life. He says he's very soon about to be killed himself. But in 2 Timothy 4.10, Paul says this of Demas. Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Maybe, maybe one of the saddest things ever. Here's a guy who sees the grace of God. Here's a guy who hears of the grace of God. Here's a guy who sees the powerful preaching of the word of God. And, and Paul says, you know what? Oh, Demas loved the world so much he went back to it. And so Paul goes on. You know what? He's, he's lonely. He's alone. And oh, oh, Demas, he was with me. But Demas, loving the things of the world, went back to it. Listen today. What is our relationship to this world? Listen very carefully. We do not seek to find meaning in this world. We're, we're so driven to find our purpose, our meaning in this world. Listen, we do not seek as believers to find meaning in this world. We do not toil to find the, the definition of success that this world would lay out for us. You know what? I'm grinding and I'm stacking and I'm building and I'm putting things together. We're not to toil to, to achieve the measure of success that this world defines as success. Listen, we do not jump in and consume the pleasures of this world. The sinful pleasures of this world. You know what? We, we, we flee from those things. Well, they're there and they, and they feel good. And you know what? God's grace will forgive me for that. We as believers, we don't jump in and try to consume all the sinful pleasures of this world. We as believers do not compromise with it. 
We do not sell out to it. Listen to this. We do not seek to fix it. There's a whole lot of folks thinking, oh, we can fix the world. We can fix the world. Listen, we don't fix this world. Here's what we do as believers. We overcome the world. We overcome the world. The sin of this world, the hurt and the pain of this world, the the lies and the deception of this world. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are to overcome. We do overcome this world. Today we have two verses And I believe they're two very awesome verses. And we've been moving verse by verse through 1 John. We're in chapter 5 today. We're going to look at verses 4 and 5. 1 John chapter 5. We're getting towards the end of the book. Today, verses 4 and 5. Two very awesome verses. I'm going to read those verses and we'll go back and we'll look at them. For whatever is born of God, another translation says, and everybody, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. All right, let's look at these two verses. Again, two very awesome verses. Let's look at them piece by piece. Verse four, for whatever is born of God, another translation, anyone, everybody who's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The word overcomes there in in the original language, in the Greek language, means prevails. It means conquers. Now, here's the promise of God. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, that's not an if statement. That's, That's the truth of God's word. Whoever is born of God prevails over the world, conquers the world. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Today, as believers, we have prevailed over the world. That's the biblical truth. Listen, as a believer, we have, you have, I have, we have overcome, we have prevailed over the world. Now, sometimes as as we go through life, it seems like, man, we're sure bogged down in the things of this world. You ever feel like, oh man, we're, we're, I'm so swamped with the, with the things of this world, really the, the crud of this world. I'm swamped in the crud of this world. You know what? Sometimes I feel like I'm so defeated by this world. Man, another divorce and another this and another that, another, another set of bad news and I'm, I'm so defeated and I'm sick of the things of this world and I'm defeated in it. The truth of God's word is this. Right now as a believer, we have overcome the world. We have prevailed over the world. The verse says this, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. And this is the victory. You know what? We've overcome the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Now, notice the verb tense here, that has overcome the world. Now, now we, we said it earlier, but hear it again. It is a settled fact. It is a settled fact. Do you hear me? It is a settled fact. We have, as believers, overcome the world. It says, this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is the victory? What is the victory? Here's the victory that's overcome the world. What is the victory? Is it your strength? Your strength is the victory that's overcome the world. Is it your willpower? Oh, man, we've got enough willpower. Is it your willpower? that has overcome the world? Is it your resolve 
This time I'll not mess up. This time I'll not fail. Oh, I've got this, this God-given resolve. Is it your resolve that overcomes the world? Is it your religious work? You know, I, I did a bunch of things to overcome the world. You know, I've stopped doing some things to overcome the world, and I've got a whole body of religious work. Is it your religious work that has defeated and overcome the world? What is the victory? Here is the victory that has overcome the world. Here's what the verse says. Our faith. Our faith is the victory. Not some list of things. Not some action that you did. Not some action that you stopped doing. Our faith is the victory. Listen, the verse says this. We have victory and the victory is our faith. Verse 5. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Best news for messed up sinners. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Who's the one? It's the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. Now I want you to be very sure here. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God is really all that that entails. And so when he says your, your, your victory is your faith, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, it's really talking about the fullness of what that means. He is the Son of God. He is sent from God. He is fully God. He's also the Son of Man. He is, he is our kinsman. He's able to, to redeem us. He is the, the Savior for sin. He is the Lamb of God. He doesn't sin, and so he's able to take our sin. He is the, the risen Messiah. He is the, the one that's alive as King today. Really, it is the fullness of the gospel. Here's what it means. Who is the one who overcomes? It is the one who believes the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to see how big that is. What that means is this. It means it is settled in Jesus. Who is the one that overcomes this sorry world? Who is the one that overcomes this world that's opposed to God? It, it is settled in Jesus. It is not settled in you. You're going to fail. It, it is not settled in your power. Your power is not enough. My power is not enough. It is not settled in your work. You are never going to pull it off. I can't pull it off. It's not settled in your righteousness. Listen, you're a mess. I'm a sorry mess. It is not settled in my righteousness, but it is finished. It is settled in Jesus Christ. I, I don't know that we haven't lost the, the ears to understand how good that news is. Man, you can work and you can work and you can say, you know what, I'm not going back to this behavior and I'm going to be better and I'm going to, I'm going to build a reputation of being righteous and you'll never make it to heaven. You know what, you can, you can say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to memorize parts of it. I'm going to carry it around and I'm going to have a name. Oh, there goes a big religious dog right there. You'll never make it to heaven. You, you can go and say, it's my willpower, it's my strength. It, it's, it's something else. Listen, it's only in Jesus Christ. And this verse says, you have overcome the world because it is finished in Jesus Christ. John 16, 33, Jesus says this. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Now, I don't know what kind of life you're living right now, but you know what? Sometimes the absence of peace runs us crazy. You know what? It's a mess at work, and it's a mess in my finances, and it's a mess in our relationships, and it's a mess trying to raise kids today, and it seems we can't find any peace. Jesus says, these things I've written to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. It means gut-wrenching troubles. 
in the world, you have gut-wrenching troubles. But Jesus says, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Here's a crazy thing. Jesus overcomes the world through the cross of Calvary. He goes and he dies. He sheds his own blood. He's beaten beyond recognition. He overcomes this world through the cross of Calvary. They put him in a grave. He's dead. He comes out of the grave. He's alive. He's victorious. And at that point, he stands as the risen Savior. He has overcome the world. He's defeated sin. He's paid the price. He's defeated death. He stands as the victor. You didn't overcome the world. I didn't overcome the world. Jesus overcomes the world. Here's the crazy part. But then by faith in him, we become overcomers. He's the overcomer. Isn't that insane? By faith in him, no work of yourself, we become overcomers. Listen to me, men. This is the truth. This is the reality. We become overcomers by faith in Jesus Christ. We have overcome this world by faith alone in Jesus Christ. Here's the reality. Knowing that, Knowing the cost of that, we ought to have a desire to turn away from this sorry world. Knowing that, knowing we've overcome the world, that we didn't overcome it, Christ did, but he gives it to us by faith. Knowing that, we ought to be sick of this world. We ought to be repulsed of this world. Knowing that we've overcome the world, not because we ever did anything, we might like that, because Christ did it all, we ought to be willing to let go of the world. We ought to quit flirting with the world. Oh, we want to get as close as we can. We ought to quit flirting with this sorry world. Because Jesus came to the cross of Calvary and he overcame this world. And he says, so that you might have peace by faith in me, you also are an overcomer. What that means is this. If you've come here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, this world has your number. And this world's going to chew you up. This world's going to grind you up. And you may think the next job's going to fix it. The next relationship's going to fix it. Finding some sort of comfort's going to fix it. Listen, this world has your number. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. But for those of us here today that have put our faith in Christ, what this means is this. It's time to fix our eyes on Jesus. It's time to fix our eyes on Jesus. You know how I'm going to order my home the way Christ tells me? You know how I'm going to lead my wife the way Christ tells me? You know how I'm going to work and respond to my business the way Christ tells me? You know what? It's time to quit flirting with the world and fix our eyes upon Jesus Christ. Two calls. If you're here and you never put your faith in Christ, put your faith. Settle that today. Put your faith in Christ. If you're here today and that's a settled fact, may we leave here today. I hope you get in a wreck because you're looking up when you leave here today. May our eyes be fixed on Jesus Christ. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come today and I'm thankful for Jesus. And I'm thankful that of no work of my own, no righteousness of my own, no deed that I ever did, I failed in all of those categories. I become an overcomer because you overcame. I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for the empty tomb. I'm thankful for a risen, reigning Savior, Jesus. Lord, I pray for some here that maybe haven't settled that. I pray that today in the preaching and the hearing of your word, that their heart yearns to to step off of this treadmill and find peace that the world can't give alone in Christ. 
Lord, I pray that you draw them. I pray that their hearing stirs in their heart, and I pray that becomes a settled fact for them. I pray for us today as, as followers of Christ. I pray that we will be sick of this world. We quit trying to tiptoe around this world and flirt with this world, but that we would fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, and you would find a people that are looking more like you and talking more like you, and more than that, speaking the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.